Learn about walking in the Spirit. Don't worry about the patience. Walk in the Spirit. And the Spirit will do the patience thing in your heart. Patience is being content to wait. It shows in big things like being prepared to wait for God to fulfill his promises, the kind of endurance that was shown by Noah and Abraham. It shows in big things like that, but it shows in small things too. In fact, the small things probably present more of a challenging test. I've known people who could wait a long time for something good that they've been hoping for, but you drive out in front of them or slow them up in some way, and you'll see. Patience is not being ruffled when your plans are interrupted. It's being content to wait in line for as long as it takes. It's not lashing out when someone encroaches on your patch or demands your time or doesn't listen to what you say or is slow to understand. Patience is putting up with stupid people. No, actually, it's not putting up. That's not good enough because if you just put up while you're still seething inside, aren't you? Patience is being content to work with stupid people, to teach them gently, encourage them, and wait calmly for them to catch on if you have to. Patience is very hard, isn't it? It's hard to keep it up. And the reason people can't keep it up when they try to be patient is that probably when they make their biggest efforts to be patient, they're not really being patient at all. They're just pretending to be patient because they know it's right and it's good and they know they should. Inside, they're holding back the irritation. It's still in there. That's not real patience. Real patience is a heart thing. It's not holding back the irritation. It's not being irritated in the first place. Patience is the next thing on our list of qualities of character that Paul calls the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now remember, this is not a list of commands. It's not a command to be patient or to be anything. It's a statement of fact. When you walk in the Spirit, this is what you will become. When you walk in the Spirit, you will be patient. That heart change happens. The Holy Spirit does it to you. When you're impatient, at that point, you cannot be walking in the Spirit. And that's the problem. It's not walking in the Spirit. So if you want to overcome impatience, don't try to be something you're not. Don't settle for holding back the irritation. Walk in the Spirit. That's how to do it. Now, I know you're going to ask me, well, okay, that sounds good, but how do I do that? And I'm going to ask you, what, have you not been listening these past few weeks? Well, let's go over some of those things that we've learned about walking in the Spirit already. And actually, I think this is a good opportunity. 
to make what we have been learning a little bit more practical. First, we have learned, and we learned this just last week, that walking in the Spirit depends on living by faith. Living by faith and walking in the Spirit, they go hand in hand. The two come together. You will not be walking in the Spirit if you are not living by faith. John Piper has written a book about living by faith. It's called Future Grace, or to give it its full title, The Purifying Power of Living by Faith in Future Grace. I really would recommend it. And in there, there's a chapter called Faith in Future Grace versus Impatience. And in it, he retells the story of Marie Durant, one of the early French Protestants called Huguenots. In the late 17th century, she was brought before the authorities because of her faith. She was 14 at the time. She was bright, she was attractive, and she had her whole life before her. She wasn't asked to do anything immoral or to change her behaviour in any way. She was only asked to say, J'abjure, I solemnly renounce. And she wouldn't do it. Together with 30 other women, she was put into a tower in Aigues-Mortes on the south coast of France, and she was kept there for 38 years, refusing to say that word. Instead, she scratched on the wall the word resiste, resist, and you can still see that word carved into the stone to this day. 38 years going nowhere 38 years doing nothing, 38 years growing old. What does it take to enable you to keep going like Marie Durant? To accept the frustration of not just wanting to get something done on one particular day, but to accept the frustration of all your hopes and plans and to bear that frustration with patience. What does it take? What does it take to enable you to endure the constant irritations of awkward and stupid people interfering with your life? Or things going wrong in your life? Or unplanned interruptions? The answer to all of those questions is the same. It takes confident assurance that in every circumstance of your life, God is thoroughly and completely in control. And his ways are not just good, but they're the very best. Confident assurance that in every circumstance of your life, God is completely in control and his ways are not just good, they're the very best. That's what God's word tells us, isn't it? Romans 8, 28, you know it so well. All things work together for good to those who love God. You know it so well, but do you believe it? If you did, you'd be patient. If this verse is true, then every obstacle and every unexpected detour is God doing something better than what you had planned. If you knew that the hold-up at the traffic light was keeping you from an accident about to happen, you wouldn't resent the red light, would you? If God's word is true, and it is, everything that happens to you is for a good reason. And faith sees that 
and is content with it. So those who live by faith don't merely put up with irritations, they embrace them gladly because faith says those irritating things are a far better way than the way I had planned. Faith sees in those irritations the wise hand of a loving Heavenly Father. No, faith doesn't understand. It doesn't see the good reason. But those who live by faith believe with all their heart that there is a good reason and they wait for it with patience and eager expectation. And they might wait for 10 minutes or they might wait for 10 years or they might wait for a whole lifetime because faith keeps on believing the promises of God, enduring and persevering. It was faith that enabled Joseph to be patient with his brothers all through those long years in prison because he knew that God meant it for good. It was faith that enabled a man like Benjamin Warfield who cared for his paralysed wife for 39 years. Another of John Piper's stories. Warfield, as most of you know, was a a well-known, world-renowned theologian. But in 1876, at the age of 25, he he married his wife, Annie Pierce Kincaid. While they were on honeymoon in Germany, Annie was struck by lightning and she was permanently paralysed. For 39 years, he cared for her patiently. And in all that time, he was never able to leave the house for more than two hours at a time. Was that a waste of a great talent? Warfield didn't think so. He wrote, commenting on on Romans 8, verse 28, The fundamental thought is the universal government of God. All that comes to you is under his controlling hand. The secondary thought is the favour of God to those who love him. If he governs all, then nothing but good can befall those to whom he would do good. Charles Simeon was rector of Trinity Church in Cambridge for 54 years. He was appointed by the bishop against the will of the people. They opposed him because he was an evangelical. And for 12 years, they refused to let him preach on a Sunday afternoon and they boycotted the morning service and locked their pews so that nobody else could sit in them. So for 12 years, he preached to people standing in the aisles. And he later wrote about these years, In this state, I saw no remedy but faith and patience. The passage of scripture which subdued and controlled my mind was this, The servant of the Lord must not strive. And he didn't. He believed and he lived by God's word. And 54 years later, on his deathbed, he said, Infinite wisdom has arranged the whole with infinite love. Living by faith and walking in the Spirit go hand in hand. And the fruit of the Spirit is patience. Walking in the Spirit also depends on having the flesh crucified. It depends on the desires of the flesh being decisively reckoned dead and the bad habits of the flesh being driven out with good habits. Remember Paul says in the next verse after the ones we're looking at, those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now do you remember what that means? 
Crucifixion was painful. It was unimaginably painful. It was pretty decisive when you went on a cross. You weren't coming back again. And it was pitiless. When they condemned you to crucifixion, there was no room for excuses. There were no mitigating circumstances that could ease your sentence. It was painful. It was decisive. It was pitiless. And to have crucified the flesh means that you have made up your mind and dealt with your flesh in that way. It's a graphic description of repentance. When those desires raise their head again, now what you say is, that is the flesh, and as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's dead. Be quiet, flesh. You're dead meat. Get lost, flesh. You have nothing to say. You're a goner. One of the biggest hindrances to patience is the sinful, self-promoting, self-indulgent desires and habits of the flesh. The desire to have it your own way. Desire to be in control. How are you at letting go of control? The habit of getting cross to get things done or to get rid of problems. Desires, habits of the flesh. Have you crucified them? And any others that are like them? If you put them on a cross and nailed them there once and for all? You know, I, I fear that a, a lot of us haven't done that because instead of denying those desires and habits and treating them as if they're dead, what we tend to do instead is to make excuses for them. Well, you can't just give in. Sure, nothing would ever get done if you just gave in. You have to just strive and to contend for what is right. They have to learn. I need to be cross. They'll never change if I'm not cross with them. It's not wrong to be angry. The Bible says to be angry. It's in not. Or what about this one? Well, I have gifts. I've got to use them. God says I must use my gifts. Make use of my talents. Warfield wasted his. Charles Simeon was an old fool. Don't make excuses for your impatience. That's the flesh at work. Those sinful, self-promoting, self-indulgent desires and habits have not been crucified. You need to drive some strong nails into them right now. Make up your mind. There is no place for impatience. And don't let it stir or raise its head again. So walking in the Spirit goes hand in hand with living by faith. Walking in the Spirit depends on having the flesh crucified. Here's the third thing we have learned about walking in the Spirit that will help us. Walking in the Spirit is about a relationship with Jesus. And it has to be a very close relationship. You see, the irritations of life take you by surprise. It would be nice if you had time to prepare for them and think out how you're going to respond, but you don't often get that luxury. The idiot takes the parking space that you had your eye on. He doesn't come and tell you the day before that he's going to do it. The kids misbehave and make lots of noise. The fools are slow on the uptake. The big trials land on you out of the blue. Frustrating, annoying stuff happens and you never know when it's going to happen. Now, because you can't plan ahead for stuff like that, awareness of Jesus' presence has to be with you all the time. Love, joy, and peace 
have to be constantly in your heart. His word has to be constantly in your ear. His spirit has to be constantly reminding you, I'm here, I have it in hand. It's okay, come this way. This is God's very best. That's what it is to abide in Jesus. Abiding in Jesus means spending time with him. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you must have a quiet time every morning and the day will go better. Quiet time every morning? Don't be daft, that's nowhere near enough if you want to abide in Jesus. You need to get up in the morning and spend time with him because you don't set out on the day until you feel that joy and love and peace welling up in your soul. Then throughout the day, you need to constantly at every opportunity turn your thoughts to him, to talk with him, to remind yourself of his word. Lord, you're still there and I'm still here, still depending on you, Lord. Help me, guard my tongue, keep my passions under control, fill my heart with love and joy, guard my heart with that peace, Lord. And when questions arise and irritations come before you react, you need to ask Jesus, Lord, what would you do in this situation and what would you have me do? To abide in Jesus, you need to have a relationship that is that close. That's walking in the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is patience. So we're looking at Paul's list of qualities of character that he calls the fruit of the Spirit. The things that happen when you walk in the Spirit. And thinking about them is helping us to see what walking in the Spirit is. What it's really like in practice. Day by day in the ups and downs of life. What does it feel like? How do you experience it? How do you go about it? And I hope it's becoming clear to you as we go along that walking in the Spirit goes hand in hand with living by faith. If you want to walk in the Spirit, you must live by faith. Walking in the Spirit depends on having the flesh firmly nailed to the cross. Don't let it climb down again. And walking in the Spirit is about a close, oh so close relationship with Jesus. Are you abiding in him? Now, I hope you realize that this was not a sermon about patience. This was a sermon about walking in the Spirit. Learn about walking in the Spirit. Don't worry about the patience or the peace or the joy or the love. Don't try to reproduce them in your life. If you try, you'll only fail. And at best, you will produce a poor imitation of the real thing, and it will only drive you back into living by rules. Oh, I must be patient. I mustn't get grumpy. I must be joyful. I mustn't look sad. It will only drive you back to living by rules. And remember how we started out. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. What you've got to do is walk in the Spirit, and it will happen. Walk in the Spirit, and the fruit will grow. Walk in the Spirit, and the Spirit will do the patience thing, and the joy thing, and the love thing, and the peace thing in your heart. Walk in the Spirit, living by faith, flesh firmly nailed to its cross, abiding in Jesus. Let's pray.
God our Father, we pray that you would forgive our impatience. Forgive us, Father, for it doesn't represent you well to the world. Forgive us too, Father, for the bigger sin that it exposes, because when we are impatient, we are not walking in the Spirit. Help us to learn what it is to live by faith in the ups and downs and the trials of everyday life. Help us to learn what it is to have the flesh firmly nailed to its cross. Help us, Lord, to learn to enjoy abiding in you that oh-so-close relationship whereby we are constantly aware of your presence, constantly guided by your Spirit and directed by your Word. For we pray in Jesus' name.